0: talking to ordinary people who are actually extraordinary because everybody has amazing things that they do and get through in life every day of their lives. They just don't give themselves enough credit and uh, they also don't, they may see the good in others, they don't see enough of the good in themselves but this is about expanding your mind, about getting some inspiration and it's just the little things because as Dominic defined for us last week happiness is in the moment happiness is just those times where you really are aware and feel yourself being in a place where you're happy. It's a destination. So we have a guest in the studio today that you have met before. She's an amazing young woman who has already done so much in her young life. And uh, her name is Mai Goodman. And Mai Goodman, we introduced to you as a female lone soldier in Israel. Now she's back in Australia. She's doing a journalism course. And I'm really thrilled to have her in the studio well, welcome back Mai.
1: Thank you so much for having me as well.
0: And um, how have you been enjoying being back in Australia?
1: Um, being back's a bit weird <laughs> I'm not gonna lie uh, being back with the family and um, seeing all the familiar faces around the community um, but it's also it's very familiar it's a familiar atmosphere and it makes me feel you know um, quite warm to be here again. And Is it that you feel that you
0: grew up through your experiences in Israel as a lone soldier, or is it something else? Is it a a natural emotional maturity, or is it your eyes were open to things in Israel?
1: Um, I think it's a bit of both. Uh, I reckon maybe (laughs) it's probably you don't really realize you don't notice the change that happens you only really notice it when you come back and you sort of see there's a difference in how you react to things and how uh the topics of conversations what interests you and what doesn't and the more you know i suppose um it's sort of It's just different and uh, you don't realise the change as it happens in the process, but you notice it a lot later. I mean, with my friends and, you know, what they're up to and what I'm up to, it's just two completely different places. Of where you are. Yeah.
0: And, and of course, it is because of your experience. Yeah, definitely. do you remember when you your very first day when you were thrown into the army <laughs> that you'd been <laughs> looking forward to and anticipating, <laughs> and now it's here. When
1: you put your head on the pillow that night, what were you thinking? Oh, wow. Um, what well, when I was in Israel, like on the yes, first day? yes. The first day I was remember? quite overwhelming. Um, I wasn't really sure where I was and what I'd gotten myself into, but... Um, It's certainly put a lot into perspective. Um, There's not a single night that goes by that I don't think about the soldiers that are there, the soldiers that are sleeping or guarding or doing whatever. And it's it's so important. Like, it's put everything in... In sort of into proportion for me. What um what what do you
0: remember about that first day? The what first was the first day. thing? What was the first exercise? What were you for? Were you first given new clothing or uniforms? What oh take us through that first. So day. So the first
1: day was a lot of bureaucracy. Um, it was sort of arriving at what's called the Bakum, which is like where all the uh, new drafts are sort of greeted and and they're taken through this whole process of setting up uh, all the bureaucratic things such as like your bank details and getting your dog tags and getting your injections if you need them, you know, vaccinations and all that stuff, Um, getting your photo ID, getting your, uh, I don't know how to say it in English, (laughs) wait one second, Um, the x-ray of your, your teeth wow because that's very important in terms of god forbid if something happens and you needed to identify um someone that you can't necessarily see their face anymore so it was exciting or sobering it was it was quite tedious i'm not going to lie that part specifically but then when you get to base when you get on the bus and they take you to all your all your respective bases and where you're supposed to be it's quite overwhelming there's a lot of sort of there's a lot going on like you know your commanders are sort of telling you what you need to do and where you need to go. And you're sort of just trying to grasp the whole, OK, wait, I'm in the army one second. Who am I supposed to answer to? What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to act? And yeah, it's just it's a lot to get your head around, I think. Are you talking to the
0: other people around you that are also experiencing this for the first time? Or are you in your head
1: or what's that? Um, it was a bit difficult as someone that coming from like a completely different background coming from like overseas and as opposed to someone who let's say most of my friends that already had older siblings in the army they know what they're sort of getting themselves into they know what they know what's to come so it was a bit hard to relate to some of them but I did have a few other lone soldiers in my crew so that was <laughs> that was a bit easier to have someone to talk to and did, stuff they like intru- that. did they introduce
0: you to them to each other
1: specifically no it was sort of just more like get along type thing like you know you got to sort of uh work it out for yourself like when you're in your bunks or when you've got your sort of alone time or whatever you sort of try and make friends and see who you're grouped with and see who your partners are because these are the people that you're going to be spending the next three years of your life with like everything from eating sleeping go to the bathroom you know Showering, everything is together all the time. You're always together, so you really got to get to know them, whether they're Israeli or whether they're not.
0: And are you in your head for a lot of the that for the first couple of days, or you're actually talking, discussing, seeing if anybody else is feeling the same <laughs> way?
1: What's the kind of? Feeling? I don't think there's much time uh, for personal reflection uh, whilst you're in. At least in the first few months, there's no time whatsoever, unless you're, you know, you got the weekend off, or you're on the weekend on base or whatever. You, unless you're on like a guarding post and you've just been there for like a few hours you don't really get that time to sort of sit down and say okay wait let's look at what everything that I've been through, everything that I'm going through, let's try and put everything into its place So everything is,
0: this is what, that you're getting instructions on exactly what to do for that once you get to your base you've got uh, commitments to be places at certain times, to fall into jobs at certain times, that's all being given to you and you're just following directions.
1: Exactly. And you're not, it's not even a question like it's, you can't ask questions, you can't ask why, you just got to do it. You know, if they say, you know, just run to that poll 20 times there and back you just you got to do it you're not allowed to ask questions you ask questions you make it longer you so,
0: know? In, so coming from a place in Australia where you're free and you're loved and adored and and it's all about you to <laughs> we're going to ta- tell
1: Yeah, what's that like? it's uh, yeah it's crazy <laughs> um, I specifically uh, didn't make the switch in my head for a while I was still very I would say quite self-involved back then I was very sort of you know a bit of a princess <laughs> when I first got there I was still <laughs> sort was of like <laughs> I was still sort of like wait so why do I have to wash my dishes <laughs> yeah it was a bit it was a bit of a shock I'm not gonna lie but um it's definitely I, I definitely got my slap across the face but nobody's
0: called. but nobody's um bucking up against it or a few people are and you're also yeah I mean you get that. you
1: get the few you get the handful of kids that'll be a bit misfits a bit of you know misbehaved or whatever but um yeah the army definitely gives them their two slaps across the face like <laughs> There's no question about it. There's no room for joking. There's no room for for, you know, being all stuck up and whatever. So this tone is set from the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, pretty much. It took me, I think maybe it took look, it, it took me a while, not going to lie, but it happens in stages. And I think once you get past cuz it it is after all the army is a framework and you do have people looking after you. You have your commanders to answer to and they also look after you in in return. So, um it is a bit of a what's called a hamama. It's like a That translates directly to like a greenhouse. So it's sort of the metaphor of being sort of kept and sheltered. Um, But once you finish your eight months of training, it's pretty much a different, it's a completely different mindset. And you have to start getting used to something else because you're sort of on your own doing your own thing um, within the, within the battalion, within the unit. And you get sent to your specific specialization or whatever it is and then you have to do your your missions according to what you've been specialized but what you've been trained to do so it's uh it's very different not having someone to look after you or tell you when to go when to get up and when to do this because if you're not looking after yourself like you're the only one to answer for it.
0: So this process, so not maybe not the first night you lay down, but what was that process in your head to the realisation that this is good for me, this is something completely different, I'm going to not only survive, but finish this and do it, because I'm sure there were doubts as well. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, Honestly, I can't give you an exact answer on that one, um, because... I don't think I was very aware of it at the time, but I do remember um, a lot of things going through my head at times. Sometimes, you know, oh, what's what am I doing it for? Is it worth it? Like, I could be back in my bed, you know, in with my family in a nice cozy house. Like, why am I doing this? But and you sort you of
0: thought you did. You think about maybe I've had enough of this and I don't really want to
1: do it. Uh, heaps of times that came across my mind no doubt I'm not even going to lie about it like it came across many many times when we were going through bad situations or you know just in a bad place and tired yeah you just got to really remind yourself all the time what the reason you came here for, where you come from, your morals, your goals. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, you're here. So, And that was no that's really
0: where my next question was going. What is it that got you through those times and kept you there till the end?
1: Um, it takes a lot of strength, mental strength, I think. Uh, a lot of people say that the army is maybe 20% physical, 80% mental. It's really keeping yourself on track it's keeping yourself I would say sane but like very specifically to your um to your field of choice so let's say I was in combat so it was a bit harder for me than it was for other girls that do like desk jobs or whatever else I mean having the fact that we we are overseas and far from our families is hard enough as it is but I think being out in crummy places being dirty being you know having having to carry heavy things and, you know, being put through all this physical stress, it it stresses out us mentally as well. So keeping yourself... Strong is really important. Having good friends as well to keep you keep you strong is very important. Were um, you able to connect with friends? Hundred percent. They're the probably the people that I met in the army, they're better friends than anyone that I had been through kindergarten with or through my whole high school. They're people that I had known for maybe three months and I felt like I knew them my whole life and to this day we're still in contact almost every day we speak. So my how much of it was I've made this commitment and the responsibility
0: to the commitment I've made is important that I have to finish this.
1: Um, Well, in terms of finishing... I mean, the Army service, yes, I did have to, f- have to finish it. Um, but was it your commitment or was it other
0: things that you were discussing and talking to with the other girls? or what? The, um- yeah,
1: well, as lone soldiers, we actually have a right to um, get half a year off our service if, um, if we want, if we see that, you know, there's other opportunities or whatever for us, we're able to get half a year off with no questions asked. Um, I think... Um, for a lot of the girls actually one of my good friends she did the program a different lone soldier program for only a year and a half and she was determined to finish the full three years so she added on an extra year and a half of service for herself so seeing that and seeing myself that who was actually at some point seriously deliberating this half a year cut back um it's really interesting to see all the different um how would i say the shikulim the um The balance, Mm. what I would sort of weigh up in terms of is this what I want or all my friends back home they've already finished, you know, their first degree and I'm still, you know, in the army what am I doing with my life type thing There's also that, but just generally in life you always have choices
0: and one of the major choices is to run and go home I would imagine, especially from the way that you're describing the first week or the or how hard the first two weeks even were, so there was always that choice to leave but you, did you completely not see that Um, as a choice
1: the choice to leave is uh is a very tough choice not because of making the choice to give up and quit but because the literal bureaucracy of it is so hard (laughs) and heavy that no one actually wants to go through it so you'd have to be in very very dire situation to have to want to go through that whole process it is it's worse than the whole army together like just that process of leaving early or whatever it's not like a summer camp you can't just sort of sign yourself and say oh mum, sent a note like can i leave now type thing it's a you know you've signed on to this pretty heavy heavy duty and you do have to yeah unless you're in a in a shocking God forbid mental state like you want to go and do things un- unspeakable things then.
0: Well you know. I, I love what you've just said because um, what I was where I was going was that so many people start things in their lives and they don't finish whether it's little things or even small commitments to go meet somebody and it's yep. too hot so you don't go because it's too hot. Yep. So um, there's, there's always that choice and, and the choice to remain Strong to your commitments. What you what you did was over. Um, you know, it was really major commitment, but even, but it yeah. also an, an analogizes to smaller commitments as well. But I loved your answer because it's too much trouble. It really is. Like
1: <laughs> it's a lot of effort. I mean, it's speaking to lots of different people, and it take it takes such a lengthy process that you think you know by the time I'm finished <laughs> the process, my time is already up. So I love what's it. the point. You know what? At what
0: stage did you relax enough to really start enjoying the experience?
1: Oh wow! Um, I don't really, I can't really pinpoint that one, but um, I know that once I finished training. I actually realized that my training days were the best days and that what's to come is going to be a lot harder. Wow. But um, definitely when I get those weekends off, when I'm back home and with my friends and, you know, we're going to parties or we're hanging out or whatever, that's when I so truly appreciate where I am and what I'm doing and this huge journey. And it sort of gives me strength to start every week again from the start, you know. Mm. So um, that's definitely every time I get home I just sort of sit down with myself and I think about how important it is that what I'm doing is still is still right and what I'm doing the reason what I'm doing all this stuff for is um it's still very important (laughs) of course you know
0: I remember one of my first trips to Israel when I was about 16 or 17 and we met these older boys who were in the army and um one of the huge realisations for me was that uh, I was go, I was out with these guys who were young and fun and, you know, just like Australian guys, but even <laughs> more fun because they were Israeli. Yeah. And then realising that, and they didn't talk about this, but just the realisation that what they were doing was really serious stuff, that they had been, that these kids you know these boys were they had been through situations that um that nobody in in unless you've been in the army has really been through
1: yeah but you um of course you become desensitized i would say to the situation i mean um people back home they would always ask me you know what um how do you feel like are you not sort of always sort of alert are you always stressed what's how do you feel inside all the time and i sort of I don't really think about it. Like, um, I I didn't think about it the way they thought about it. I thought about it as it was just something I'm doing, you know. It's just my job. Like, you guys go to your jobs every day and I go to my job every day. And when I'm on the weekend, I try not to think about it, you know. like. And one of the reasons that I'm emphasizing
0: this and even talking about it more is that in day-to-day life here in Australia, it's certainly not the same situation. But there are so many people that flake. They flake on so many things and uh, everything from work to their commitments to family and everything else. So this mindset that you've come back with, it's not just a mature mindset, but it's something that will hold you in amazing stead for the rest of your life. And you went through an extreme way to get it by joining the army and going through the training and everything. But it's such a rich, important thing to do. So um, that's part of why I'm also just going through small details with you. I want people to understand what it's really like to get to a mindset that serves you for the rest of your life. Um, How did you deal with uh, missing your family and your friends back in Australia? Was that?
1: Um, It was definitely hard, especially um, for someone like me. I used to get homesick very easily. Like I used to be the first day of school camp I would call my mum tell her to come pick me up because I couldn't handle it. But um I don't know. Something about being in Israel made me feel a lot more at home than I was actually in Australia. It was a bit of a weird sort of sensation that I felt when I was there. Something... That it was sort of hugging me, uh, like the community, the all of Israel. You know, really, my my commanders, my friends, everything just felt a lot more at home than I actually felt even when I was here.
0: Yeah, that sense of Jewishness, that sense of connection to Israel, yep. it must be genetic. It just must be. It has
1: to be something biologically, or I think it's just some sort of a chemical reaction, even like that you feel in your in your mind because. Every time I go there, every time I'm here, even now that I'm here for the next what three years, I still feel like it's a visit. I don't feel that this is my home, and I don't feel that this is where I belong. When I go back to Israel, I'm just like, oh yes, I've come home. Like, do you know what I mean? It just it's a it's a different feeling. It's a completely different feeling. And
0: you were you were born in Israel, but you were a baby when you left and came to Australia. Yeah. How old were you on your first visit back?
1: Uh, my first visit back after when I was a oh, baby. A well, baby. Yeah. Uh, I was 15 months when we first got to Australia, and then I just remember when I was younger, we used to go every every two or three years. Three years. We used to go for a visit. So um, I w- I was
0: born in Russia, and I came to Australia when I was three or four years old. Okay. And my first visit to Israel was when I was 17 years old. Oh, so wow. yeah. So the whole Jewishness thing for me, um, it didn't come from Russia. It didn't, you know, couldn't possibly have, have come from school. i was was sent to Jewish schools because that my parents didn't know what they knew they were Jewish, they didn't know what it was all about. So I was sent so I could come back and tell them all about what being Jewish was. So it was a learning thing. And I went to Mount Scopus and Beth Rifka. Oh, but wow. the actual Jewish you know, the commitment to Israel was always there. I was always, always a Zionist for as long as I can remember. And my first visit to Israel was when I was seventeen years old and I remember landing at Ben Gurion Airport and just bursting out crying. Yeah. First of all they used they used to play Havena Shalom Alechem when you landed. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know why they don't do that anymore. But also getting off that plane and being on the tarmac and just feeling it, it was already that feeling it's huge, you were yeah, it about. It is a
1: very huge sensation and I can't i can't even describe it. I think only one that's been there and, fe- and felt what I'm talking about. It's just this overwhelming sort of – it's a happiness but it's this strong emotion of connection. It's a feeling of connection and it's a feeling like, like you've arrived in the place that you need to be, that this yeah. is where you need to be in the world and this is – this is where you connect to. And it's, in, and it's incredible. And I had that
0: same feeling when I went to the Kotel for the first time, when I came into the plaza and I saw the cotel From nowhere, you know, we were walking, we were talking, we were joking, we were. And all of a sudden, my God, there's the Kotel. Yeah. And it's that same overwhelming feeling where you just start crying. Yep. And that's the kind of passion that you when you connect to that anywhere that's in the dro- And
1: that's what drove me really. Like all the all the time through the army, that's what really drove me to keep going, no matter what. Just keep on keeping on. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So you also, your parents sent you to Jewish schools here in Melbourne.
1: Yeah. So um, I did primary school in Yavna, and then I I finished my secondary schooling in Scopus, Mount Scopus College. Do you still have very strong friendships from Yavna? Um, from Yavna, to be honest, not really. I mean, I used to be a part of uh, but part of the youth movement, but and we used to stay in contact for quite a while until I left. Uh, to be honest, even from Scopus, I don't really keep in touch with, um, with many of the people there. Uh, I don't feel as connected to people here that I do to my friends in Israel. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's um, it's sort of like there's not really much... It, people sort of move on and do different things in their lives, obviously. But, I mean, I feel like there's a specific, you know, lack of interest and lack of sort of mutual understanding, if you know what I'm talking about. About Israel in general? About, about life, life in general? I think about life specifically. Like, there's, you know, common topics of conversations or things that they, you know, share lots of experiences with. I just can't seem to connect with those topics of interest or... With any, any of that, I can't really connect with them anymore. So it's quite hard.
0: But at, in primary school, for example, like you have playdates and you... <laughs> you yeah. sort of you go to the movies. You you just sort yeah. Of hang look, I mean, out. on a
1: superficial level, of course, you know, you, I can I can put on a, a smiling face and you know, I know and what be you mean with everyone. But yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to articulate a little more. But I, I do understand yeah. what it is that you're saying.
1: Look, yeah, I do. I I am trying to articulate as much as I can um, on that level. It's just quite a hard feeling to describe. It's sort of just a lack of connection. Like it's a. Yes. It's not in a snobby way. I'm not talking about it in a snobby way. I'm just talking about, you know, there's things that they don't understand that I do. And there's also maybe some things that I do understand and uh, that I don't understand that they that they do. And I just feel that there's sort of a... There's a... In Hebrew, but it's called it, ketzer batik show, which batik a It's a... It's a cut in the connection type thing. Got it. But... the and And in high school, there was... In... In high school, I mean, yeah, when I was. Still friends
0: with some of the high. Did you feel a greater connection there or was it the same sort of thing? Look,
1: it's the, still pretty much the same thing. I mean, I don't mind hanging out, I don't mind going to the movies, going to get grab a drink or a coffee or whatever with some of my old school mates um but at the end of the day it's not i wouldn't invite them like to have a real sort of chat about life and stuff like that i mean i do find it interesting and and do find it interesting about what they're going through and stuff like that and and that they've had different experiences to me but it's still not on the same level i mean i have much better conversations with my friends back home than i do (laughs) Do with yeah. my friends from high so school. So it's a different
0: kind of mindset. What I can tell you is it does get better. Um, it, connecting with anybody because the journey you're on is really connecting with yourself. Right. And so the more that you're that you integrate that, it's easier to connect with anybody on that level on your level as well. So my personal uh, belief system <laughs> is that uh, you know when Moshe came down are the Mountain with the Ten Commandments they say that every Jewish soul that was or will be in the future were all there at the giving of the Ten Commandments. Well, how is that possible? A population wasn 't that great the you know there weren 't that many people, and so but people 's souls are not their bodies, so first of all, when you die, your body goes, but your soul gets. Transformed into a whole new plane, and is part of a huge, um, a huge interactive sort of all-knowing something else. There's uh, the term for it um, in Kabbalah. Is is I'm not sure what it is, but there's a huge consciousness that's everybody and everything that's ever lived, and it has the knowledge of everything that has been, and we are helping unfold what will be in the future. Sorry if this is getting a bit esoteric. But the point is that our feelings and emotions they come from a guidance system which comes from the greater consciousness. So this when you're born you get a bit of an ishoma. Inside of you, and that's what the shama and your feelings are really what guide you in life to what's better for you, what's not better for you. And if you listen to it, that guidance system is so so important. But that little bit of a neshama that's put into you is a is plucked from that greater collective consciousness, and it's made up of many many souls that have lived before you. So when you really connect with with somebody more so than anybody else, you just feel like you've known them. It's because part of your neshama was also once in, then the part of the neshama that's inside of them. And so you're connecting from that really deep feeling level. It's not good, it's not bad, it's not anything. It's just that there's a recognition with some people and that's how it comes across from past lives. And when you die, you go back into this huge collective consciousness so there will never ever be anybody else who is exactly like you but part of you will go into somebody that you will... And that new baby or that new person will one day connect with somebody else who also has a little tiny part of you as part mm. of their neshama.
1: That's so interesting. I actually never thought about it that way.
0: Yeah, it's when I heard it, um, it sort of just developed over the years. So it's it's all really, really good. But the more sympathy, the more empathy, not sympathy, because you, you everybody goes through their own life lessons and you cannot make anybody's life better by making yours worse so they have to go through whatever they have to go through you can't save them you can't make it better for them and that's part of the challenge especially when you've got siblings and parents and people that you love and you don't want them to go through bad times right but both those bad times are what define what they really want, even better yeah. for the future. So it's it's really all good.
1: Yeah, and it shapes it shapes their character. It shapes who they Absolutely. will become. Absolutely. Um, so. Tell us a little. You you
0: spoke about the journalism course that you wanted to do, and right. and you wanted to do it for a lot of really great reasons. Um, talk to us a little bit about that, and uh, then we'll have another song and uh, and have you back. And uh, Morris is going to Morris Klein has called in, so we'll <laughs> be able to speak to him before the end of the show as well.
1: Yep, definitely. So
0: um, the journalism course yep. and your motivation for coming um, in and doing that. Well,
1: journalism is something that's always actually been in my I would say in my blood you know f- since I was uh, a little girl actually I um I love riding I find it a very good outlet for myself um I might not sound it on the radio, but I do... I am actually quite articulate and uh, I do like to express myself through words, through writing and all that, so... And um, you come through beautifully, so don't even worry about it. I'm just a bit sort of finding my... I'm at this sort of stage in time where I've sort of just come from Israel, getting used to speaking Hebrew 24-7, and now I'm having to speak English 24-7, and it's this mix of two languages, so it's sort of everything's at the tip of my tongue, but...
0: Put it that way, if you weren't articulate, you wouldn't be concerned about (laughs) it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) pretty much, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in writing. It's something that's always, uh, it's been a passion of mine and um, something that I'm quite, um, quite good at. I would say if I don't mean to yeah, toot no, my own absolutely. <laughs> um, um, In Hebrew and in English, uh, both of them, but I would like to use uh, this gift, as something that I could use to influence the greater public in terms of what's happening in the world, um, politics and all that stuff. I would love to use it uh, in the papers. I would love for people to read my work and become influenced um, by it uh, because we do have a bit of an issue nowadays in the media whereby um, the left wing is becoming a lot stronger um, and it's actually been influenced by a lot of uh, how do I say it, see <laughs> it's, it's not, no no, it's, it's, been, it's, it's sort of been taken talk. a bit out of proportion I think um, it's been blown a bit out of proportion is what I want to say but um, But it's part of the superficiality of our times. Yes. People
0: don't, they hear something, they hear somebody that sounds like they know what they're saying. And so they'll pick it up.
1: But not only that, I mean, a lot of people uh, nowadays in this generation, I mean, in my generation, actually are coming to, they start talking about things to make themselves feel better about themselves, sort of try to make themselves more morally acceptable, more ethical, more, um, they try to put themselves sort of on a pedestal because oh they eat clean or they do they have a specific lifestyle or they think specific things about minorities or whatever but the fact of the matter is like there are laws in um in position for specific reasons and the reasons are that we've actually been through so many things so many events in our history um that <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> That's thought we good. went off
0: here for a minute. No, 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 no. no.
1: Sorry, yeah. Still working? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've actually been through so many things in our history that um, people are tending to forget now because they become so out of connection with it because we're a much later generation. This is how I perceive it. We're a much later generation and we are less connected to w- the... The events of the past, such as the Great War and uh, the Second World War, the, hol- the Holocaust, other um, major wars in uh, in everywhere, all over the world, genocides, um, all the bad things that have happened in the world, we're just we we're, we're not connected to it as the previous generations are, and that's a problem because we are trying to influence uh, so much change, and change is a great thing sometimes, but on most occasions that they're speaking about in uh, recently in the news and uh, all over the world. It's a bit of a problem, you know, I understand that there is a fine line between um, racism and and, um, anti-Semitism and being a bigot, but there are specific laws in place for a reason, and I think... I, I don't really want well, to expand more, politically, yeah, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to get too heavy yeah, into politics.
0: Exactly. But the truth is that uh, people's definitions and people's understandings are not the same. Right. Because they've made their minds up already and they're not open. So if they label somebody a racist, they must be. Exactly. But often they're not, exactly, and so yeah. it's just opening up It's
1: just become, to the, that yeah, experience. the world, I think, has just become, as much as we're trying to make it a much safer place, we've actually made it a very unsafe place um, in terms of what we're allowed to say. Our freedom, our freedom of speech has been quite literally taken from us and is being taken from us from the people
0: (laughs) that were supposed to be the bastions of free speech definitely so if you don't agree with the democrats then you do not have free speech free speech is only and you can just see i
1: mean look what's happened like with the women's march that was sort of it was born from a very good place in good faith for women and was just turned completely on its back it was turned into some sort of an anti-semitic anti-zionist organization and it's just that's just one example of how the extremist left wing. I'm talking about extremists yeah, on all sides is just a bad course. thing. But I mean, the specific extremist left wing has taken something good and crumpled it into something bad. Something bad. Let's
0: have you come back when Morris is back and have a whole session on the women's movement because yeah. that in itself is fascinating and outwiddle, and you have a unique perspective from your um, demographic as well. I thank you so. Much for uh, for coming in it i'm um, glad to hear we're gonna hear lots more of you yep, on thank our you program so much. <laughs> yeah our program and others the, you've got a voice and a voice that it'll be important to listen to dominic